now for us to check in with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun. Good morning, Vaughn. Good morning, Simi. All right, let's talk about this Intimate Images Protection Act. Yeah, so a poignant moment, really, when this legislation was introduced in the B.C. legislature yesterday by Attorney General Nikki Sharma, because the government uh, solicitor general, Mike Farnworth, during the introductions in the House, introduced uh, Carol Todd, mother of Amanda Todd, in the public gallery looking on and i think we'd all say well to some degree this is the amanda todd act this is inspired by the awful case of that teenager whose intimate images were circulated uh, by a monster actually in my opinion and uh, led to her suicide so we've got an attempt by the provincial government to as they say fast track legislation to put a halt to the circulation of intimate images without consent. Uh, They've got a couple of methods laid out in the legislation to try to do it. I don't think the government would overstate the challenges on this. They're real, but Simi, this legislation has the best of intentions and it deserves a try and deserves all party support, in my opinion. Right, so you think it'll get um, fast-tracked? I think it, the legislation will get passed. Um, the, the, the real challenge in fast-tracking is the legislation tries to provide a, a person or, or a youngster in their family with the means to halt the distribution of intimate images without consent. So... There's a couple of routes in the legislation. One of them is you can go to the Civil Resolutions Tribunal, which is a provincial agency. It's originally set up to deal with ICBC cases, but it's now available for other things. So you can go there, you can get a ruling from the commission that these images are being distributed without consent. When you've got that ruling, you can sue. You can take legal action and sue the distributor, uh, try to sue the, uh, the Internet company that's, that's enabling the distribution, or you can go to B.C. Supreme Court and take action. So that's the concept. And as I said, I think it's well worth a try. Nobody knows whether or not legally this will work. And here's the problem. The companies, Simi, that are distributing this stuff, that are enabling the distributing of this stuff, um, are so big and so powerful and so high and mighty that, you know, governments all over the world have been trying to rein this in and protect privacy. And, you know, I mean, I just picked Facebook out of the air, okay? So Facebook, Facebook is bigger than British Columbia, their, their annual little, revenues, yeah. they make more money in a year than all the tax revenue in British Columbia by a factor of about 50%. So, you know, what happens is they've got lots of lawyers. You're dealing with international law. You're dealing with, here in Canada, the view, uh, it's, it's in law, that really telecommunications that go across borders, that's a federal matter, not a provincial matter. So, again, I give the British Columbia government credit for trying to blaze a path here, for trying to set the standard for the rest of the country and say, come on, let's do this together. But I think it would be fair to say, and no disparaging to the good intentions of their efforts, Simi, to say nobody knows whether this is going to work legally or not. But, again, it's worth a try. Well, it had to be done, right? Like something had to be done. 
Well, it had to be done. And, you know, we, we, we see examples all of the time where uh, British Columbia government look for Ottawa for help uh, to take action, to do something about this, to do something about that, you know, money laundering, tighter regulation, bail reform. And Ottawa doesn't exactly spring into action always. So your your choice as a province is to keep lobbying and hope to get their attention. Or, look, we're going to try it ourselves. We're going to bring this legislation in. We're going to we're going to litigate it if we have to. We're going to defend it if we have to. And there are examples where the provincial government has led the way. Suing cigarette companies is a good example. Um, the attempts to seize property, uh, the, the illicit proceeds of crime, where the province has made some progress. So don't write off their chances. I think just recognize realistically that this is the first step in what may be a long process. All right, we're going to be speaking with the Attorney General actually about it coming up in our next hour. Another story we're going to hear more about this morning too, Vaughn, is this the breakdown in talks with the government and their own lawyers. Yeah, so the government's own lawyers, about 300 of them, have been trying to form their own bargaining unit, their own union, and they were in fact in front of the Labor Relations Board seeking to do that. The government, to some degree, ambushed them, the New Democrats, with a bill that essentially would have forced the lawyers into an existing union, the Professional Employees Association. So they'd have been in with foresters and engineers and physiotherapists and other groups like that. And the lawyers want their own union, and they made the argument that, you know, the NDP has always stood for the right of workers to unionize. Uh, They tried to embarrass the government on that bill that the government brought in, Bill 5, BC Federation of Labor backed the lawyers and said to the New Democrats, reminded the New Democrats of what New Democrats have always stood for. So the government was a bit shamed, Simi, and they stood down the bill. They didn't withdraw it completely, but they said, we won't call it for debate. We won't proceed with it. Let's talk. Well, yesterday, the Lawyers Association announced that the talks have broken off, that essentially the talks weren't going anywhere, that in the view of the Lawyers Association, Simi, the government's position was our way or the highway, and the lawyers don't see any basis for negotiating on that. Right, because the, the key here is that they want their own union. They don't want to be in an umbrella union. That's right. They want their own union. And the government's... Um, main argument against letting them do that. Like, why would an NDP government try to stop this? Well, this is well, what I wonder still. It's, yeah. it's kind of bureaucratic, It's and, but it's structural, too. The government's concern is if they allow the lawyers to form their own bargaining unit, other groups in government will break away from the three existing unions and associations and try to form their own bargaining units as well. Essentially, all the... Per- the employees of central government belong to just three unions. The big one, the one we know well, is the uh, General Employees Union, uh, the BCGEU. There's the professional association. There's a smaller one. So uh, the concern isn't just that, you know, the lawyers will have their own bargaining unit and all the leverage that comes with that, but there's also a concern that it will unravel the existing consolidated bargaining structure in the public sector. 
But that's the union's problem. Like that's that's for the bigger union to figure yep. out because I, I, you know, decades ago, I belonged to a, a union that was then, you know, what we voted to become part of a bigger union or not be part of that big, like that's for the the people to decide if they're, which union they're going to be a part of. That is the principle they're invoking here. And there is ample evidence that that has always been the NDP's position, that workers get to choose the well, union yeah. they want to belong to, not the employers. So here they're Essentially arguing the opposite, as I said, the B.C. Fed was out of the gate right away saying, you know, don't enact this bill, talk. And it, the talks have broken off. So uh, the, the lawyers voted 97% to take job action if that bill gets called again. It, it, it's not clear what happens next. The government could, could still not call the legislation. They could, they could hold off. Um, the lawyers say we're open to negotiating on a different basis. Um, in other words, a more open one, not a take it or leave it. And there's always, uh, they could go to arbitration. You could try to find a facilitator who would come in and say, come on, here's how we settle this. Um, I assume uh, Vince Reddy is still taking phone calls. <laughs> there's another ad for him. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, it may take somebody like that to step in. Uh, but it, it's, a, it's not especially flattering to the NDP to see them essentially invoking a bureaucratic argument against the right of workers to unionize. It, it really really isn't. So that's where this stands. It's a bit of a stalemate yeah. right now. Yeah, it is. The the uh, the release yesterday from the Lawyers Association just put everybody on notice that they're not talking anymore because there's, as far as they're concerned, there's nothing to talk about. Uh, hanging out there is the possibility of job action, but it's partly up to the government whether or not they want to proceed with this bill or try some other way to sort this out. All right. Well, actually, we're going to be speaking with them a little bit later. So, Vaughn, thank you. Bye-bye, Simi. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.